Welcome to the Unbound Healing Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michelle Hoover, certified nutritional therapy practitioner and writer of everything you'll find at Unbound Wellness. And with me is my co-host, Anne-Marie Garland, nutritional therapist and health coach at Grass-Fed Salsa. Here, we share everything about overcoming health challenges, from autoimmunity to hormone imbalance and more, with holistic living, mindset shifts, practical tips, and a real food paleo approach. Remember our disclaimer, the content within this podcast is intended to provide general information only and is not to be substituted for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Now, let's get on with the show, holidays style. How are you doing this week? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. I guess I'll slide right into my updates. Sounds um, good. <laughs> working really hard on some stuff. I can't tell you exactly what it is just yet, but keep your eyes peeled and you will see some really cool stuff coming from me soon. But as far as what is relevant right now, what you can actually find and not me just be like, shady and secrety about Christmas recipes are coming up onto the blog into the world. So right now in the beginning of December, what I should have at this point, um, I'm doing cocktail meatballs and I have something that I'm calling Christmas crack and it's yucca crunch from mission heirloom. And you can buy that stuff on Amazon. It's basically like a big grain free cracker. It's just, it's called Yucca Crunch and it's just made from yucca starch. It's really good. And I am putting melted chocolate slash carob over it and then doing like a little red and green, like holiday kind of drizzle. So it's really, really easy to make and really fun. That sounds so great. And it reminds me of this, um, which I wonder if this is kind of like the the clean version of what Mm -hmm. it was modeled after. But I used to make this treat that was like saltine crackers. Is that it? Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so good. That's exactly what it's like. I cannot wait to, I have to try that. I used to make that. So, yeah, I just wanted to, to start this out by saying that Michelle and I, have always been recording these podcasts ahead of time and we make that pretty clear, but we are now recording like really ahead of time because I'm going to take a few weeks off for several weeks off for a maternity leave. And so if you're, I've been trying to like, I don't know, I haven't asked Michelle about this, but I've been trying to think about like what are ways that we could introduce the podcast that are other than updates, or if you guys just want to hear about our updates like in kind of a random timeline. I don't know. What do you think, Michelle? Should we keep doing updates for those like six episodes that we're going to record way ahead of time or any other ideas? I think we can do it to the the best of our ability. Okay. So they'll just be like out of time. Yeah. We'll do it to the best of our ability. I can record um, like an update when you actually have your baby. Like, Hey, you know, just over. Hey, and had the baby. I can do that. <laughs> but uh, what are your updates for now? Yeah. So for now, so this is like things could be different by the time this airs. But for right now, the baby is still breached, which she has been breached pretty much the entire time she's been in my stomach. I've felt things in a very different way than my friends have explained how they feel things um, just with her moving. So we are doing pretty much everything we can to get her to flip. We're doing inversions and chiropractic care. But by this point, we'll know if we need to do a manual version, which is not ideal. So if y'all can just like send me some good baby flipping vibes because... My midwife and I are both convinced that she is very comfy where she is and she's likely going to be pretty stubborn about moving. So Mm. like literally she's been in the exact same position her entire existence. Existence. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that she just like is so comfortable. It's not funny that she doesn't flip, But, but that's just funny that she hasn't moved. The only thing that will get her to move is when I go to the chiropractor and he releases my round ligament on the right side and she literally (laughs) 
shoots across my stomach and like, it's the craziest feeling. And I tell James this and he's like, I don't want Gigi shooting or stuck. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what to do. So yeah, but I'm a very like cozy, snug person. So I think she's going to be the same way because she seems that way. She seems to be. So um, the other update that I have is my protein bars, which I keep talking about, but my gingerbread protein bar will be up on the blog and I'm definitely announcing that one because that one apparently is like everybody's favorite. And actually it's, it, it's probably one of my favorites too, because it uses molasses, blackstrap molasses instead of maple syrup. Blackstrap molasses just has so many incredible benefits to it and nutrients. And like right now with me being pregnant, it's really amazing. It's got a good source of manganese, calcium, iron, just things that are really important at this point in my pregnancy, but really just for anybody. So head to grass-fed salsa to get that recipe. So what are you loving this week? So we recently finished up Gigi's bedroom and I know I'm talking a lot about the baby today, but that's just what's on my mind. So it is so cozy in there. And we talked about the, I talked about her rocker last week, but we're getting, we have like a lot of cleaner products in there. So we got a vintage dresser to try to avoid the off-gassing and non-toxic rocker. We have a non-toxic crib and we've just been decorating with like wall decor and we painted her ceiling like a light pink peach color and it just like makes the whole room literally like when the light isn't even on I'm, I'm looking at her room right now from the hallway and it just like a glow is literally coming from her room it's just That's so funny. comfortable I love it so much and it's a cacti theme so I was going to do a mural inspired by Michelle. I was going to do a mural on her wall, but ended up just kind of going overboard with all of the artwork anyway. So I left it alone. Didn't do the mural. That's what I'm loving this week. Rad. So this week we are going to be talking about a big topic and that is living with non-paleo, AIP, real food family members. So if you're interested in friends and socializing and all of that. We did an episode about that. I believe that was episode 21. So if you want to hear about friends specifically, you can go back to that one. And we're not covering like kids specifically, just like all about kids here because we don't have kids. We'll do something like that, but we'll probably bring in somebody else. But a lot of this stuff applies to just general family members. That's why it's not spouses, but Little kids, I'll tell you right now, if you want to follow somebody that does this great, definitely Elena from Grazed and Enthused. She feeds her baby real food. Lots of people do it. So it's totally possible. But we're going to talk about just family in general now. And I asked on my Instagram, I forget what um, prompted me to say this, but I asked it just in a caption, hey, would you guys be interested in a podcast like this and people just went crazy and I got so many comments saying yes 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 so here it is and and you wanted to start out with a little anecdote first yes yeah yeah I just wanted to I'm I'm really glad that we're covering this topic because this would have been very relevant to me about 5 years ago before I met my husband, who is very supportive, but I, at the time was in a relationship and I've talked about before was not incredibly supportive. I was actually referred to start the paleo diet by a physical therapist. I had a hip injury. So I went to her for this hip injury that I was dealing with. And at the time I was eating really low calorie and I was running a lot. And so she was working with me through that. And I'm not sure why diet even came up, but I had been a vegetarian pretty much my whole life. I knew that my health was absolutely like crumbling. 
and didn't really know what to do. And so at some point in my relationship with this physical therapist, she brought up the fact that she was following the paleo diet and how easy it was for her. Immediately left that session and went to like Barnes and Noble. And I think the only paleo books that I saw were Diane Sampolipo's Practical Paleo was like coming for pre-order. I think I saw that online. And then there was a different one called Everyday Paleo by Sarah. Do you know that book? Sarah something? Mm, not off the top of my head. Um, I think it was called Everyday Paleo. So I bought that one. Like Everyday Paleo had like 17 reviews on Amazon or something. This They were like very, very new. And I just didn't really know anything about it. So I went home and told my boyfriend at the time that I was going to try this paleo diet. And I thought he was going to be like really into it because he was always teasing me about being a vegetarian. And so I just thought he would be like totally on board. But to be fair, he also was the type of person that would eat like like hamburger helper and, and just like very standard American diet type foods things that were not paleo whatsoever. Like he didn't care about food quality. So anyway, he, um, I asked him like, Hey, would you do this diet with me? And he flat out said, no, like just not going to support you. I'm not excited for you changing what you're eating. Just no, not, not going to do it with you. And to me, it was like, it was really, really difficult to hear that and to feel unsupported and feel like I could still accomplish the goals that I was trying to accomplish. And I think I went out for one dinner where I ordered chicken for the first time because I was too terrified to make it. I'd been vegetarian for so long. And that was it. I just reverted right back into my vegetarian diet because it was just too overwhelming. I didn't feel like I had support. So all that to say, I'm really excited that we're covering this because if anybody else can relate to my experience, and I'm sure people can, they hopefully will have some tools to kind of guide themselves into getting a very supportive relationship from someone else. And I also just wanted to conclude that with saying, since I have only had a negative experience in the past and then a very positive experience where my husband now is very supportive of my dietary needs and he actually eats the same way as I do. Michelle is going to kind of be leading this one since she has more experience on successfully having a spouse or family member or roommate who is very supportive while not eating the same diet. As them. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad that you shared that. And I've had <laughs> you talking about that had so many repressed memories coming up of, I had the same experience for years that I won't go into naming names, but I've had people, I had one person who just completely denied that I had gluten issues, that it was just not a thing. And we were like eating dinner together one time and this person made dinner and I asked, Hey, I have coconut aminos in my fridge or like soy free soy sauce, whatever. Can you use that? And they were like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then they just made like a stir fry with soy sauce. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, well, you don't have issues. Like you're just like, you don't. And so, yeah, so I've had that. And then I've just had lots of people that just made me feel bad about it. And like, oh, you poor thing, you poor thing, you poor thing. And honestly, those really kind of toxic situations for me to go 100% to finally commit to being quote unquote paleo, I had to move out and like be completely by myself away from all of these other stimuli to really just kind of cleanse my palate. So I understand that when you're in these like super toxic um, environments, it's not ne like it was not toxic in any other way than, you know, my di toxic diet. Some relationships were toxic. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, most of it wasn't really toxic in any way other than just my diet. So I totally get it that it's really hard, but what I had to remove myself and realize that this would have made it a lot easier for me 
out in the beginning as well, because I thought like, oh, everybody else here is eating bread and everybody else, like they're just eating pizza in front of me and they're doing all that. Like, I can't be in this house. I can't be friends with this person. I can't always be over at their apartment. I can't have them over at my apartment. I can't be dating this person if they're not doing the same thing as me. But what I learned after removing myself from it for a while and really taking a step back is that people can be supportive of you without being 100% compliant with what you do. That they don't need to sit down and eat the exact same meals as you 100% of the time to support you. They can be supportive in, you know, the ways, like if your spouse or your family member, if you go to them and say, hey, I want to try this paleo diet, I'm going to be buying some new things and the grocery budget's going to fluctuate for a while. And them see, saying, okay, I'm going to keep eating what I want, but I support you in fluctuating the grocery budget for a bit. Or I support you in just trying out some new recipes, making the house stinky with bone broth. Or I support you with something that my husband's really great at is supporting me when we go out to parties or friends' houses, and they're like, here, here, have this gluten-free bun. And he eats the regular bun, but he supports me in saying like, hey, I'm going to help be your advocate and say like, no, Michelle can't have that. So I'm not always the one that's having to be the one that everybody's staring at. He stands up and kind of like takes some bullets for me. He's supportive in that he tries my food. You know, there's so many other ways that people can be supportive rather than having to eat the exact same way. You can live with somebody who can be supportive if they're not compliant. And you really just have to get into the mindset of, okay, my family may not eat exactly like me and that's okay. I can still ask for them to support me in other ways. And my husband didn't just come into this relationship knowing all of these things. He, you know, I told him like, Hey, can you help me go grocery shopping. Hey, can you tell people I can't have this, this, and this? Hey, can you try my food? So you tell people how to treat you. So I think that's the most important thing to lay the foundation for. Yes. And you saying all that makes me realize that maybe if I would have framed my conversation about the paleo diet with my ex-boyfriend in a different way, things would have turned out differently. So one thing that we just talked about uh, recently was instead of trying to make people feel like they have to do something with you because you are doing it, just asking for their support. So maybe if instead of approaching it like, hey, would you want to do this diet with me, which I should have known that isn't the kind of thing that he would have wanted to do. If I would have just said, would you be interested in making these types of meals with me? Like, would you want to if I made this type of meal, does that sound like something you'd want to share with me or something like that? Or will you just not make fun of me? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Will you just be supportive of me? Yeah. But these are the kind of things that you learn because I feel like in the beginning, that's what I would say. That's what I would say too is like, hey, you just have to do this with me. And I had to learn that I don't have to change everybody 100% if my diet is going to be changing. I just have to ask for their support. So First and foremost, that's the big mindset shift that changed everything for me. Um, and then I think also under the blanket of mindset is having the mindset that your relationship doesn't have to revolve around food. A lot of people will send me messages saying, hey, me and my husband used to love doing this, or we used to love going to this restaurant and eat this meal. And now that we don't have that, I just feel terrible for him. And I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. And your relationship, yeah, food has memories. We all know that food is very important. We eat multiple times a day. It's highly emotional. Holidays revolve around it. We all know that, but that doesn't mean that your relationship has to revolve around food. You can find ways to change that and to adapt. And my husband, when my husband and I met, I was not 110% like paleo yet. I would still have like pizza binges and I would, you know, feel terrible afterwards. So I definitely went on a few pizza binges with him of when we were like, oh, we had a bad week. Let's just go on a pizza binge. And that was something that I liked to do with him because I had a lot of bad weeks. <laughs> just, yeah. But, um, we, you know, we just do different things now. 
you can adapt and you can find different ways to enjoy things rather than just having things around food. And instilling the same mindset in your family, you know, telling them, hey, we don't have to have this revolve around food or you can eat this food and I can sit here and be fine. That that's one thing that people ask me about. How do you do that? How do you do that? And we talked about that a lot in episode 21 as well of, you know, you can sit there while your family or spouse or whatever is eating regular cookies and you can eat paleo cookies and like, that's fine. That the experience should revolve more around you having the time with them rather than just you eating the same food as them. So instilling that mindset in them and just don't, something that I wish I would have done more when I had more toxic food relationships in my life, which is telling people like, don't feel bad for me. Like I am fine. Don't tell me you feel bad for me because it just makes me feel bad for myself. And don't let them make you feel weird. Like everybody in your family, I guarantee has something about them that's weird. (laughs) And do you shove it in their faces? I mean, you shouldn't. (laughs) So don't let them make you, don't let them like bully you or make you think that something that you're doing is weird. So don't let them do that. So I think that just starting with a mindset and sitting down and having these conversations are really important. Shifting your mindset and then just getting it into your partners in your family. And I know that some people are harder than others, but honestly, if people are just going to be super, super toxic in your life, you know, it, everybody varies. But if you have like a really toxic boyfriend, which we've both had, reevaluate certain relationships or friendships as well. That like those friends and boyfriends and stuff that I had in my life that were like, no, you're lying. I'm going to gluten you. Like, do you really need to be in a relationship like that? I don't think so. But whereas if somebody's like, uh, I'm not sure if I want to eat paleo or I'm not sure if I'm okay with you not eating these, like you can work somebody over. But if somebody's being straight up malicious and mean, you know, there's not much that you can do about that. And there's a more, there's not much you can do about that in a sort of calm way. You cannot just easily work that over. That's a bigger issue that you need to address. Yeah. And on, well, on the flip side of that too, is not just, so if you are like in my case, um, having an ex who is not following the same thing, I don't know exactly how I was treating him and how he was responding to like my, just the information that I was like putting out. But I can imagine that I was being very dogmatic and almost reinforcing him to resist because I was like putting too much out there in like trying to convince him to come to my side or making him feel guilty about his choices because I was making different choices. And that's important too, is not shaming the go, you're eating that really like what I'm eating. Sometimes I joke about my husband with that just because he jokes about it too. And we have a relationship where we can do that, but it's certain things, but there's definitely a line. I specifically remember that with my friends who, when we were all kind of on this candida diet together, and I remember my friend at the end of hers, wanted to go out and have like margaritas and chips and queso. And I feel like I shamed her quite a bit about it because I'm like, why would you go through all this trouble of doing this diet and then go out and make these like horrible choices? But in the end, that was her choice to make. And it was really unfair for me to to put any of my personal issues and beliefs on her to like try to convince her to come to my side or anything. So yes, but I think everything you said about mindset is so important. And another thing that I just wanted to add when you were talking about like sitting there while your friends and family are eating, for example, pizza, and how can you sit there and not 
eat the pizza with them. So there's a couple different things that you can do there is you could try to find a compliant pizza that you wanted to eat. Mm -hmm. But I really like what you said about just changing your mindset overall and the fact that like you don't have to be eating at that moment. You don't have to be eating the same things and that can be okay because the problem can be that if it's your absolute favorite food, you likely are not going to find a compliant recipe that tastes exactly as good as your the original. And that may make you start to have resentment towards the protocol that you're following. And so if it, it may end up just being a better decision to just have complete, like just abstain completely from that food rather than trying to find something that doesn't really taste quite as good as the original in your mind. Um, and like having hostility towards it. Yeah. And it takes time. It all takes time. Like to me at this point, I don't even remember what real pizza even tastes like. I'm just so used to just having these alternatives and like no tomato sauce. Like, I guess it tastes like tomatoes. I don't even remember anymore. Or like French fries, I barely even, you know, you just get so used to it at a point. Right. And it's the same thing with family. Like this all takes time, but this does not happen overnight, none of this. But I wanted to also talk about practically, like, okay, give me the nuts and bolts. Like, how does this work if I am living in my house eating a mostly AIP diet and I have a husband who really likes ice cream? Like, how does this actually work? So some found some background. Um, I eat a it's still an AIP template because I'm mostly grain-free and nightshade-free. So I have some dairy, I have egg yolks, I have some nuts, I have chocolate and coffee and things like that. So I'm definitely kind of teetering between like paleo AIP lifestyle still. Nightshades I don't think are ever really going to come back in for me. And that's fine. I'm totally okay with that. But my husband, on the other hand, when I met him, when I found him, he was eating Stouffer's lasagna and like gas station hard-boiled eggs. Like, what are you doing? So I eat that way and he will still eat grains and dairy and ice cream and all of that stuff. So how does that work? How do we live under the same roof and enjoy meals together and go out together and store food together? What do we do? So the first thing I would say, if you're in a relationship or in a family like this, is have meals that are compliant that you both enjoy. Like not everything needs to be swimming in melted cheese to be enjoyable for non-paleo people. And I think that's so important because so often I can still even get in the habit sometimes of like making two separate dinners or like when I'm really busy and I just really want a certain thing and like he has something which I need to get out of. And I usually don't mind just because I love to cook and I love to make him happy and have, you know, intuitively whatever I'm craving, but having more meals that we can just be like, oh, we both want this together is always a good thing. So one thing that I make a lot on the weekends that my husband really likes, this is like our Saturday morning or like pre-church breakfast is my carrot hash from my blog. Um, it's just like carrots and leeks and bacon and chopped apples. It's just a really simple hash and he eats that. He doesn't have to put anything else on it. That's a normal human meal. He also really likes all roasts and soups. So doing like a big pot roast, he loves that. And I mean, that's really easy to make paleo or AIP. And that is food that everybody loves. Like you can just make a big old roast and put some sweet potatoes in there, some carrots, um, onions, all that celery, all that good stuff in there, bone broth, and everybody's happy. Nobody's asking where is the cheese and the bread. Like that's a good meal that anybody can have. He really likes soups as well, especially during um, this time of year when it's getting cooler. Beef stew is a really great, just kind of like hearty meal that if you're cooking for family members or a spouse, especially, I don't know, I feel like especially men, like all of the men that have ever been in my family have already loved like roasts and stew. I don't know if that's just the men that 
Like my brother loves that. My husband loves that. So I feel like that's a really good thing to have. So having just meals that you can both eat together that are not weird. Oh, something else that my husband loves is, which is not weird, but it's just not typical is the AIP Stromboli that from Grays and Enthused in um, the healing kitchen. He loves that. So there are definitely things that if you double up a AIP meal, you may be surprised as well. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And when you're looking at these recipes to try to share, finding ones that aren't like a replication of something that you are previously eating. So going back to my previous pizza example, if I were to try to feed somebody who eats regular Pizza Hut pizza every, every single week, and I go and try to feed them not only a gluten-free pizza, but also a grain-free pizza, so an AIP pizza, cheese-free, nightshade-free, they are going to like goff at it. You know, that's not even going to come close. So instead, picking out recipes that are very like just could be a regular meal and they just happen to be gluten-free like naturally rather than finding replacements. Um, so a few from the healing kitchen is what I was actually thinking of too. There, there's the taco night recipe that they have. And there's also like a creamy beef stroganoff. Yeah. That was really good. And those are just a little bit easier to modify. And I know one thing that I was doing when I was in grad school and just started following a gluten-free diet, my family has been so, so supportive of my gluten-free diet. Like my entire extended family has been incredible. But what we would always do is they would choose recipes, or I guess my mom, um, because she was always the one cooking, but she would choose recipes that could easily be modified to be gluten-free. So if we were to do this gluten-free stromboli or this AIP stromboli, not stromboli, stroganoff from the healing kitchen, maybe I would add at this point in my life, I might add like cauliflower rice to it. Whereas the rest of my family can add pasta to theirs. So it's like, we have the same thing, but we just add different components to it. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. The one. Oh yeah. It goes into like the layering method. Yeah. um, Yeah. Going into like the soups that you were talking about. So soups, you can add Parmesan cheese to it. You could add bread to dip into it for somebody who is not following the same thing as you. And that way you still have the same base. You don't have to cook two completely separate meals. You're just layering add-ons. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say too, that I use the layering method a lot. So my husband and I will have like a Simple Mills pizza, which is not AIP, but like that base. And then we'll have different toppings where I'll have no tomato sauce. He'll have regular and put cheese on it. Or we will do, it's similar to like the taco night, but we'll do like these at home, like burrito bowls kind of, and he'll have rice. I'll have cauliflower rice and we'll have the same meat and he'll add salsa and sour cream and I won't. So stuff like that. Um, yeah. Soup, salads, add cheese for sure. I totally agree. And that's something that I use with a lot of people that I work with that will have big um, families that they just can't make a million different meals. It's like, okay, just make a soup, make a roast for everybody and throw on some bread if they like really need to have something. But that leads into the next thing, just having non-negotiable foods in the house. And yeah, there's some things that just you cannot be around or it will make you sick. You just can't have in your kitchen. For me, it's fine if my husband brings in cheese, if I make him gluten-free pasta, if he has like Simple Mills crackers, stuff like that, those things are fine. But for me, what's really non-negotiable is if he has like a big loaf of like really crumbly bread or something like, and they're just getting breadcrumbs everywhere. He used to do that when we first got married, that he would get get this big loaf and cut it and there would just be breadcrumbs everywhere. I'm like, yeah, no, this is not, we can't do this. Like, this is not, this is a non-negotiable. This can't come into the house. And then nightshade. So to clarify like why that would be just if somebody's not familiar, gluten cross contamination is a real deal. So that's why that specifically was a non-negotiable for Michelle. 
Yeah. All these non-negotiable foods are, they're not, they cannot be in your house because the smell of them makes you sick or the actual fear of cross-contamination is really bad. So there's plenty of things that you can just wash really well. We have a lot of like separate cookware and separate spoons and knives for when he just wants to go like cheese crazy. I'm like, here, take your grater and go over there. But, um, Mm -hmm. Same thing for when he has like gluten-free bread and stuff like that. But nightshades are a really big one for me. I've had so many experiences, but I've gone to people's houses or walked near restaurants where there were like a lot of peppers cooking and I will just have these blinding migraines. And it's almost recently that I had to make that a rule that he would have like these really spicy sausages and stuff and cook them to where there was just like so much smoke and I would just feel so sick. So can't do that anymore. I think it's important to have non-negotiable foods that it's like, hey, this just cannot come into the house. And maybe you can eat it when you go out. Maybe you can eat it when you go to a friend's house, whatever, but this just can't be here. And that needs to be really clear. I think what's also could be really helpful in that is since this is almost becoming like a demand of the person that you're, you know, your loved one, whoever you're living with or needing support from, you're asking them for something. So maybe following that up with asking them, like, what can I do to make your life better? Like, could I, is there anything that I can do to make something easier for you? Like, what if I start cooking your dinners for you or you know, coming up with creative ways to make their life better. So that way it's not just that they're giving something up, but they're also getting something in return and it doesn't feel like a one-sided demand. Mm-hmm. I agree. There is one story that you told me, I don't even know how long, and I just think it's absolutely adorable. But just to show how adorable Michelle's husband is, <laughs> she said one time she came home and there was like, I don't remember what he was using, but he used like a knife and let's say it was into- To cut bread. He had bread or something. I think I know you're talking about. So he was making, I think it was a sandwich or dairy. I'm pretty sure it was a sandwich, but I had bought him like sprouted like sourdough bread and he, he was making a sandwich with it with an avocado. So he cut into the avocado and then he put the avocado back in the fridge because he didn't use all of it, but he knew that I was probably going to use it. So he put a post-it note over the like bag that the avocado was in that said gluten avocado. <laughs> like he just knows. So, so cute. I'm yeah. so thoughtful. <laughs> He's a sweetie. And just like teaching your significant other about that. And again, not being dogmatic about it when you're teaching them, but just telling them like, this is what makes me feel healthy. This is what makes me feel good. Please support me in this. And Mm -hmm. you're going to have people in your life. My dad, I have not consumed gluten like, well, within reason, because I did have a very long transition away from it, but I have been avoiding gluten for about 10 years now. And my dad still to this day will ask me if I want like a little Debbie donut or cookie or whatever little, little Debbie makes. Like he just doesn't remember. And my mom is like, Steve, she can't have that. Like what are you doing every single time? Um, so it's not that he's trying to sabotage me. He just doesn't, you know, you're going to have people like that in your life. And the important thing is just staying really consistent with it and eventually they'll catch on or at least the majority of the people in your life will eventually catch on to it. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to also talk about just converting people to different diets because some people I think are in a place where they could use some conversion. <laughs> And a lot of people ask me like, hey, my husband just eats this. How can I make him paleo? And we'll talk about that or a little bit. So what I did in the beginning when I was trying to get Daniel to transition out of his Stouffer's lasagna phase was just ask him to do like one, two week challenge to try being without something. Hey, I think it would be really great if you could try like a week off of dairy or a week off of bread. And 
he was mostly open to that something that I did, which this is something that you can try to do, but I kind of failed at it. So I tried to transition him slowly to a grain-free diet without telling him. And I went the whole week making him like grain-free pasta. I think I made like the Capello's pasta and I just didn't give him any bread. This is when we were like first married and just lots of vegetables. And I remember I got to Friday and I got home. We were in the apartment at that point. And I remember I got to the apartment being like, oh my gosh, like this like the whole week and I didn't make it. Like, what am I going to have for dinner? Like I was getting excited. And then he walked in the door with this huge like size of his head bear claw <laughs> like donut that he was eating. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, like I've, they've been bringing in donuts all week. Like he was just eating donuts like all week. And I was like, I should have probably told you that you're grain free now. He's like, I don't want to be grain free. So <laughs> you should probably tell it, but transitioning slowly, starting like, hey, let's take a break from dairy. Let's take a break from this. We've done that successfully and it's gone well. So I think the best way to convert people to different diets is just getting better versions of foods that they already enjoy. So sourdough bread is delicious and it's a lot better than just the, you know, white bread that you get at the store. So buying sourdough bread for my husband or like a sprouted bread, he's happy with that. Um, he really likes mayo, he likes putting mayo on things. He really likes having like tuna salad. So I get the primal kitchen mayo. You can't tell that that's any different. He loves corn chips. Like if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen once or twice me doing a like Instagram story of him eating nachos. And I was not, I would have not pried nachos out of my husband's like cold dead hands like there was no way that i was getting nachos away from him so i get the jackson honest corn chips and those are non-gmo cooked in coconut oil he's happy with those um i get like just grass-fed sour cream raw cheese grass-fed beef and there you go he's eating a meal that's not 100 percent paleo or 100 percent compliant with me but you know, he's not eating like gas station nachos like he was before. I'm still keeping my family healthy while also keeping them enjoying foods that they want. He really loves ice cream. He's referred to ice cream. So he loves cheese. Like there's so much cheese and dairy. So there's just raw grass fed stuff. And he refers to ice cream as dessert cheese. It's hilarious. So I'll get him, you know, a really high quality ice cream or coconut milk ice cream. He's happy with that. Or homemade uh, popsicles. Those are all great. Um, and then he really used to like that Stouffer's lasagna. So now I make him like homemade lasagna with the Capello's grain-free lasagna sheets. And I mean, who doesn't love like that homemade kind of lasagna? So it's a lot of work and I don't make it for him a ton. It's usually special occasions that I'll make it for him. But if you just get really good, like Anne was talking about, you know, not just giving carbon copies of something, like get making like a AIP pizza that's totally grain-free, totally nightshade-free, all that stuff, like they're probably going to turn away from that. But you can just buy better quality versions of foods that are like the same thing that what they want, but it honestly tastes better. Like if I'm going to give him those Jackson Honest chips, it tastes better than like whatever junk he was getting before. So focusing on getting the better quality stuff, again, that gets expensive. So we have to moderate that and make sure that you know not everything that he's eating is just all Capella's noodles and stuff. So vegetables are still important. And sometimes there's really only so much you can do with converting people. And that's why I've had to just go to the method with my husband of layering and just getting him good quality things. But yeah, especially, yeah, well, I think the big, the big thing that I'm thinking of there is when you really love somebody, like the reason why you would want to convert them is because you really love them and you feel like your way of eating, your diet is going to help them live longer. It's going to help mm -hmm. them be healthier and happier and maybe even resolve some of their health issues. 
But going back to what you said, just starting slow, transitioning into like certain elements. And if you really stick to your guns and do things consistently in front of them, eventually they may start to pick up on some of your habits. So my family, my parents, despite my persuasion methods are not a hundred percent gluten-free, but they have reduced how much gluten they do eat. Both of them have, and they both start their day with, um, ghee in their coffee and collagen. So my parents are at the age where they, I'm so happy that they're taking in collagen every single day. And so there are just like different things that you can shift for them. And it makes me feel good talking to them about like food quality, just like you're talking about while not feeling like I ever need to put my mom on a AIP diet, even though Mm. I'm sure she would do it. She's done like the 21 day sugar detox several times. Like I'm sure she would try it, but, um, I just don't feel like, uh, feel like she needs to. And so I'm just kind of doing other things that I feel like will help her live a healthier, longer life. My dad's a little more resistant, but yeah, my, my family is the same way, but yeah. So at the end of the day, people may look at our relationship or my family's home here and maybe in some capacity think like oh these poor people they're not ordering pizza hut and they're not you know eating all of this fun food but at the end of the day my husband is really grateful and happy that you know number one we have a roof over our head and the financial ability and everything to just buy really good food and cook good food and that he has such good quality food to eat that he gets so many vegetables in his food because I cook a lot of vegetables so he gets lots of vegetables and pasture-raised eggs and all that stuff and he said that he was out with one of his friends a while ago and he was talking about you know starting to work out and eat well and saying oh my roommate just really doesn't eat well and it's such a it's so hard because i i can't even start and my husband's like oh well like my wife always eats well so like there's no temptation around so yeah it took him some time to get there to where he just wanted he was like why am i not eating stouffer's lasagna like why won't you buy stouffer's lasagna i'm like you'll thank me eventually like we have to ease into this but now he is really thankful and grateful And he has lots of friends that think it's like really cool that he gets to eat all of this food. So if you make just good quality, real food, who can argue with that? Who can say that you're not living? Who can say that you're feeling deprived? So he's happy. We're both happy at the end of the day. We still butt heads on things sometimes, but that's life. I had had a couple of years ago for my birthday. I requested for my birthday that I wanted to go to an IMAX theater to see a movie about America's national parks because I'm like 97 years old. It was so weird. That's what I really wanted to do for my birthday. And we went there and I guess that he was just annoyed at just how like stupid it was. Like he wasn't saying, he was just kind of rolling his eyes at me, but he was hungry and we're going to see this movie and he goes to the concession stand and he gets a share size of skittles like this huge like mountain dew and like a big popcorn it's like this is like a 45 minute movie and he was just like no so like we saw those moments when he's just like dangling it in front of my face of like i'm hungry i'm eating this but that's life And at the end of the day, I can just kind of laugh it off, say it's not the end of the world. That was years ago. He's still alive. And, you know, it's all about just learning how to do it and just be understanding of each other that it's hard for you, but it's also hard for them. So just be understanding, recognize that this takes time. This took us a really long time to get to this point where we both are okay with our um, situation, but it, it can happen. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that it is hard for them as well. And right. So it's, 
you know, just figuring out ways that you can make it easier for them, make their life easier because you want their support and you want to be just as supportive to them as well. So I think being understanding is a really good takeaway. All right. What is your meal of the week? I alluded to it when we were talking about it because it's something that I've been eating a lot recently. It's not AIP, sorry, but it is a very easy reintro if you've reintroduced like nuts, some nuts and seeds. And luckily I have. So Simple Mills is a very easy like paleo mix, very minimal ingredients. And I've been taking their flatbread to make a kind of like flatbread pizza out of. And I don't do egg whites and it calls for whole eggs. So what I've been doing is I do one egg yolk and then a gelatin egg. And that works. I don't know if it would work with just two egg yolks or two gelatin eggs. I don't know why I started doing that, but that works. Um, And then I put no tomato sauce on it. So just a tomato-free marinara. You have a recipe for it. Um, KC Natural Barbecue Sauce. They have a pre-made one now and then I put arugula on mine and like a little bit of sheep feta it's so good it's like a little pizza so and then he eats one too with regular sauce and regular cheese and we are happy and we watch the x-files with the cat x-files and sushi x-files and pizza yeah sound amazing yeah yeah we did x-files and sushi yesterday um great yeah, that I haven't tried their bread mix. We actually have it in the pantry, but we just haven't. It's really good. You should make rolls for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's okay. That's what I did last year. And I did like garlic rolls and everybody was like, dang, this tastes like real, real stuff. Yeah. Thankfully, our friends, friends giving plus family giving, all of our friends are paleo. So where it's going to be a gluten-free, dairy-free holiday meal. And last year I did a AIP Thanksgiving with my mom and brother. My brother was following AIP and it was great. So yeah, maybe I'll have to make those. For yeah. It's a good one. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Unbound Healing Podcast. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes and leave us a review. Until next time, you can find more from me, Anne, at grassfedsalsa.com and more from Michelle at unboundwellness.com. We'll see you next week. Bye.